Bonjour everyone and welcome to this second episode of Front Page Football in the Capital. My name is Jeremy Magan and I'm your host and of course as usual this podcast is brought to you by the Front Page Football Network. Go and check out all the latest articles on frontpagefootball.net. There's an article of me uh, on, on Steve Forso, the uh, coach of Belgrade United who just got relegated in the second tier here in Canberra and so what that means for a coach of this experience to go and sit on a bench of, of a team that was one of the best in Canberra and it's still one of the best in Canberra I think but I just got relegated and, and what it means to, to coach a team like this but also go and check the articles of all the other contributors on tennis Pagonis and his usual South Australia roundup, Jack to Hill, with another article about Canberra and about the expansion, uh, with uh, Steve Forshaw as well. He was uh, he was busy helping us the last few weeks, uh, Steve Forshaw. And one of the best articles probably uh, of recent weeks on our platform is Matt Olsen's exclusive interview of Mustafa Amini, a player, of course, who used to play in Dortmund under Jürgen Klopp and who is now at... Perth, as usual, go and listen to the Front Page Football podcast as well. Uh, there's always a lot of content coming out of this platform. Here today, we're going to talk about Canberra football, of course. We're not going to talk so much about the, the results. I mean, to give you the, the, the big lines, I'd say, um, after two games in the capital in, in the NPL, we have three teams who haven't lost yet, Canberra Olympic, Canberra Croatia, and, and Tigers FC. Uh, and in our um, Australia Cup qualifying rounds, we know three of the four teams who are going to make it to the semi-final of the qualifying round here in the capital. It's Canberra Croatia, it's Gangalin United, and it is Belconen United, who is not in the NPL, who is in the second tier, and yet he's on the semi-final of the Australia Cup, so kudos to them. The fourth team will be known next week, the 26th of April, when Canberra Olympic and West Canberra Wanderers face each other, and then those four teams will be in the semi-final, only a couple of rounds away from the national round of the Australia Cup. Here today in the Front Page Football in the Capital podcast, what we are going to talk about is next year, 2024, the national second chair is coming and who best than the president of one of the team whose EOI was received for the national second chair. So we have Canberra Croatia president Tony Vidovic for an exclusive interview and he's going to tell us Everything about the club, the recent performances, you know, why did they did they express their interest to join the national second tier and what it means for them and for the club and the ambitions, of course, of the club uh, for, for that um, B-League, as he calls it during the, the podcast, but also, you know, what, what are the next steps that need to happen for Canberra Croatia to be able to compete in that competition if Fingers crossed for, for Tony Vidovic and his club. The team is selected to, to go further uh, in, uh, in the process of, uh, you know, of joining the competition. As a, as a reminder, and we said it during the podcast, James Johnson said March 2024 is supposed to be the start of this new competition. You, you'll see when we talk about it on, on the podcast, there's a, you know, he, he's not 100% positive that it's going to stay there. Anyway, we'll talk about all this, and, and, I, and I don't want to uh, to keep you much longer. Um, again, thank you, um, Tony Vidovic, for giving us the time and that exclusive interview. Canberra Croatia is a club that has been that's been doing a lot of great things in the capital, and so I'm I'm privileged and humbled that I've been able to interview its president for Front Page Football. More of that content is going to come uh, every single month when we do those podcasts from the capital. 
Digital and more of that great content comes anyway every week from our podcast. So do listen, subscribe, uh, leave any comments once you listen to the podcast. Let us know if you have any questions. We'll be more than happy to answer. All right, the interview of Tony Vidovic, the president of Canberra Croatia FC, comes now after this great intro courtesy of Russ Gibbs. What a goal! Max Green with a stunner! Daniel Barac, he must score! He's gonna score! Canberra Croatia leads! Real chance at the far post of McCarthy! And they've got one back! Got with back here, flex. It's unbelievable! What a finish! It's 1-1! Andre Carr from the bench! Mayhem in the Panthers' ranks! So I'm pretty humbled to be at one of the homes of Canberra football here in the the clubhouse of uh, the Canberra Croatia FC club. And I am with Tony Vidovic, the president of the club. Tony, thank you so much for giving me some of your time today. No, that's all right, uh, Jeremy. I'm pretty humbled to be in the... Uh in the acquaintance of the best bar TV commentator in Canberra. <laughs> won't, tell, won't tell that to us. <laughs> no, we won't tell him, no. <laughs> uh, well, thanks, like I said, for yeah. giving us a bit of your time. Of, of course, your club uh, is super important in, in the capital and has played its role uh, in Australia as well. Uh, and we're here to talk a little bit about what the club is and, of course, the EOI for the uh, National Second Year. L- let's start by, I guess, what... The, the club is and, and what you do there. So if you don't mind telling us quick history of Canberra Croatia and, and what it represents, a bit of the performance. Yeah, so um, the Canberra Croatia Football Club, um, it was formed, incorporated in, in 1958. Um, Croatian immigrants first started arriving in Canberra in the early 50s and then, you know, a few extras started coming in and they had, when they first got here, they had nowhere to, to meet and congregate. So, Seven guys got together. Um, they actually met at the Scottish Club in Forest, which I'm led to believe is now the Burns Club in Canberra. And they met there, formed the, um, the Canberra Croatia Football Club and um, started competing in 1959 in the ACT Soccer Federation. They were in the second division and in 1960 got promoted to first division and we've been in the first division ever since. Um, interestingly for people in Canberra, they, their, their trainings in, in 1959 uh, was held at the, um, the old Canberra Hospital, which is now the National Museum of Australia. In front of, um, in front of that area there, there was an oval, which is now Lake Burley Griffin, and there was one light pole. <laughs> well, there was a, a light with a floodlight, one floodlight on, on a pole, and that's, and that's where they used to train back, back in the... Uh, in 59. That's awesome. I, I didn't know that being yeah. so new in, in yeah. the capital. Yeah. Uh, oh, that's an awesome piece of history. And, 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 and probably another bit of history is most of those, uh, a lot of those um, players or people that formed the club probably did the rock work around the lake as well. Right. So, <laughs> to damn it all. Yeah. <laughs> remove, remove their stadium yeah, that's right. from, the, <laughs> from the landscape. Uh, oh, that's awesome. And, and so, of course, the, like you said, Premier Division ever since. Yeah, so so it, we've been ever since. So, so it was really formed as an extension of for the people to get together and um, to meet up and congregate um, in in the in the you know late fifties, sixties, and seventies. You know, um, back then Croatia was under communism, and it was really hard for them to get to to 
to be together, to show their culture, their nationalism, and, and this was an excellent way for them to do it, forming the, the Croatian Soccer Club. Um, and we're happy to advise that, you know, we're still around and it's still a place where we socialise and get together and, and meet up, you know, on a, on a uh, weekly basis in, in the soccer season. That's awesome, and I think that's something, you know, as a French person, uh, that I really loved coming to Australia, mm. seeing all those communities, and, uh, and, and I think there's definitely a lot of good uh, c coming from it. Mm. When, when did you move to Dickens then? So we built the, uh, the clubhouse across the road in 1969. Um, the oval here where we're sitting today, back in those days, was um, Deakin Sports Field. It was, it was two, two soccer fields, cricket pitch in the middle, and it was also used as an Australian football, Aussie Rules ground. There was um, chain rooms down the back. There was a white little box, like a media centre back in those days. Yeah, so that was, um, that was used through the 70s, 80s, and then um, when we took control of the Oval and, and redeveloped it, and we have the stadium now. Yeah, you, you, you call it a novel, but I, I'll put some pictures when I put the pod out, but it is definitely a rectangular yeah. uh, stadium, so purposely made for football for now. For football only, yeah, that's our, right. Yeah. Our round football. Yeah. Um, for, for people who don't know as well, Dickin is a stone throw away from the all the government. Basically, the Parliament House is just behind us. The Mint isn't too far either. So we're uh, like South Canberra, but very close to, to the center uh, of Canberra. And, and so in recent years, uh, of course, quite a bit of success in NPL, in women's NPL as well. Yeah, in recent years, um, it's just been a success story after success. Since 2001 in our men's, we've, um, we've won 15 championships. Wow since 2001 wow. and, and that incorporated two periods of five years in a row of, of winning of winning championships um, we competed in the men's in the um, the what is now the Australia Cup in 2017 we won through the Federation Cup final which is um, was a great achievement for us and something we're really striving hard to do this year again <laughs> the, the ladies the girls have been have been fantastic such a good program that we have here with all the girls in our club and the seniors and how they look after our juniors and they've enjoyed the last three or four years some really good success um, um, really good coaches the girls are really committed to the team and they really have that club, club culture um, in hand so that's been a, a really big happy moment for me as well having those girls on board and the success that they're achieving I, I, I bet I You're saying it's been a happy moment for you. You are the, the club's president. H how and, and when did you become the club president? And how does one become football club's president these days in Australia? Well, um, I don't know how you do it in other clubs, but in our <laughs> club, um, I've, I've grown up at the club and I've been at the club for, for a long time. And my dad was a foundation member and, and everything. And um, it started... Uh, I came back to Canberra in 1998. I was out working around Australia and, and um, just started helping up around the place and got on to, helped out the soccer committee a little bit here and there. And then, and then where it all culminated was probably in 2017. I came on board onto the committee to help sort of, you had to start modernising things a little bit. Like the guys, you ran it back then the way you ran it but things are evolving now in, in in football culture throughout the world and in Australia particularly so 
Um, I came on, um, another six or seven guys came on board back in 2017 and we put in a program of, um, of getting coaches, good coaches and, and things on board and, and since that, it's what, five years now and we haven't looked back, it's just um, grown and it's been a really good period for us, um, you know, you don't always win championships things, but, but the growth in the club is from the ground up and, and from the youth, from what we put in, from the from the from what we invested in the youth with coaches and getting the players. I think this year we're starting to see both in the girls and, and the boys of, of what we've got and the real talent that we have here. So to be to do uh, be a president, probably do an apprenticeship, <laughs> <laughs> and then once that up, you can get in there. Yeah. It's a, it's a virtuous circle as well, right? It feeds each other. Championship helps building the reputation of the club, but also having the right foundations at the bottom will eventually help you yeah, sustain championship. Yeah. Our, our foundations were, were so, um, you know, when you're talking about foundations, the club was constructed by all those people back in the, you know, 58, 60s. That's the best foundation you'll ever have. We're the, probably one of the luckiest clubs in Australia to have that, you know. And there are other clubs, traditional clubs um, um, throughout Australia that have that. But, but yeah, your, your, youth is, your youth is what you need to invest in, you know, and we quickly found that out. And you get that longevity then with these guys coming up. Your coaches, they're another big part of, um, of the club and you look after them and success is only just around the corner. It takes a bit of time, but, you know, it eventually gets it. you just got to be patient. Doesn't seem that hard when you uh, when you when you talk about it like this, Tony. Yeah. Uh, of course, there's uh, some something big around the corner. Uh, the national second tier. So we are 11 months away from the proposed start of the competition, and uh, well, I, I'm I'm sure for you it kind of feel like it's tomorrow. Yeah. Uh, so, so tell us a little bit about how you went about the expression of interest. I mean, how the decision was made and why. I mean, why, I guess, self-explanatory when we hear what the club does um, and, and what are the next steps now that you've submitted the AOI? Yeah, so um, it's been talked about for a while in, in Australian football environment and when an opportunity came up, um, the AAFC was formed, Australian Association of football clubs and um, it was an organisation formed to help probably establish and promote the National Second Division and there was an opportunity for us to join um, and we, the club's board took that opportunity immediately. We joined that organisation with, um, I think there was about 12 or 15 other clubs or something and um, we went around um, forming or liaising, talking, discussing meetings over the, over the um, Zoom back in those days of Corona <laughs> and, and then they had a one big catch up. But, but, but trying to put together um, trying to put together some sort of a competition structure that, that we can go to Football Australia with and say here's something that we want that we think would work for a national second division and um, the Nick Galatsis and, and Christo Patson that run the run the thing, took it to Football Australia. So, so that, was, um, that was a big step for us to go in there. And, and why we do it? The Canberra Croatia Football Club always wants to... We always aspire to play in a, in a higher competition. Um, Jeremy, back in 1989, we have had an opportunity to join the New South Wales State League. So back then we had the NSL, National Soccer League or whatever, and, and the New South Wales State League was like a second-tier competition. 
Um, the local Canberra team went bankrupt or something happened, so we came in, took it over. We were in there for six years, from uh, 89 to 94. And in those um, six years, we were extremely competitive with our local talent, with a few players brought in from Sydney here and there. Um, in the first season, we finished runners-up in the league and in the grand final. And during the six years, we co- uh, qualified for the finals five times wow. with three grand final appearances. So we can do it. We know we can compete at a high level. Um, one thing that I remember was as soon as we went to that sec- New South Wales State League, the attendances at the at the games, like, shot up immediately. So people in Canberra want that higher exposure to a better league, you know. Sponsorships was easier to come by. It was it all just went hand in hand and and then um, I think our success was out to demise because I think the New South Wales clubs didn't <laughs> want to um didn't want us in their league anymore, you know, and I, I I can just remember a vague story where they said, Oh one of the excuses they gave at one of the meetings was um Oh, the travel, you know, it's too, sure. too cost-effective. And then our board at the time said, don't worry, we'll pay for your buses <laughs> to bring you to Canberra. And they still didn't take up the <laughs> offer. So, yeah, right. Yeah. It's so, interesting you, you talk yeah. about, sorry, the um, AFCF. I, I had a, AFC, excuse me. I had a question about that, actually. We in Canberra sometimes feel like a smaller market than the Sydney, the Melbourne, etc. Did you feel like your voice was heard as everyone else in yeah, there? Or we're all an equal. We're all an equal. Um, John Teal, who was with the Tuggerong United Football Club, he's uh, actually a board member of the AAFC and, and he was the one that kept promoting it and telling the clubs in Canberra about it. And we all have the same voice. You know, we can, when we have our Zooms, ask questions. Um, when we did the, um, put the, the competition structure together, give input, yeah. So, no, it's it's yeah. There's no hierarchy um, awesome. involved. It's everyone's on the same level. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. Uh, and and so now, what are the the next step for? So we've put our expressions of interest. Um, we've lodged the by the time frame. Um, Football Australia were to, they gave us a timeline for a March 2024 implementation of, of the B-League or the National Second Tier. Um, they were going to appoint a third party to assess all the expressions of interest. They still haven't done that. So, so from March 15 to now, there still hasn't been an appointment of someone to assess the AIs. I don't know what the hold-up is. I don't know what's going on. But we're waiting for an assessment and then to um, be invited to go to the next stage of um, of tendering for a position. Because supposedly the next stage was June that clubs were supposed to give That's more right. information? Yep, they were going to um, advise of the successful applicants by the end of April. Mm-hmm. But I can't see that happening. We're, we're close to that now. And then there was another three months, um, June, July, August, to get your... Um, to get your, your proposals through, and then they were going to um, assess them after that. But I think that that all seems to now have been pushed out a bit. So we just we just wait. We just wait to hear. 
And hopefully it accelerates a little bit when the uh, A-League is over or... Uh... Well, yeah, when, when the A-League's over. But, yeah, I mean, to a point, a third party wouldn't take that long, would it? It's just someone, you know, we've all paid $5,000. There was 32 applications, so that's 150 grand that they've got, 150000 So, yeah, I don't know. Yeah. Fingers crossed it's, it's, it's close enough. Um, it is tomorrow, though, if everything goes to plan and we start March uh, 2024. How ready is Canberra Croatia if it is selected to be one of the teams? Oh, look, I believe that we're very ready, Jeremy. We've we've got the um, we've got an infrastructure here, the oval. We've got all that. That's something that we don't have to worry about. Um, we we're planning upgrades to our lighting, to our media. Um, in that respect, the infrastructure is there. We're very happy with what we've got. We can fulfil all the requirements that we have. So. That's one part of it that's, that's set up. Um, the other part, the players, the team, we've got a coaching structure at the club, which we're extremely happy with. And um, all the talk is that we want to keep that structure going forward. So that's something that's... Well, they're all excited and, and it gives the coaches another opportunity to coach at a higher league, which you know they would all aspire to as well. So, so that's good. Playing-wise... We've got great players at our club, you know, and we want to give them all an opportunity to to play at a high league and, and be with us. Um, whether we go outside and get more players, me personally, without talking to coaches or anyone, I wouldn't because for me the B League would be an opportunity for a pathway for Canberra's youth, you know. Would we win the B League? You know, you're up against South Melbournes and Heidelbergs and... Sydney Croatias and Melbourne Croatias and that, we would compete, be very competitive, but, you know, I think the B-League is more of a promoting Canberra, promoting Canberra football and giving the youth a chance to maybe go somewhere else, you know, putting them on the, on the, on the mantelpiece and showcasing them to the rest of Australia. That's, that's my idea. That sounds like a healthy plan and, and a yeah. good idea to yeah, me. Yeah. There was obviously different conversation about what the competition should look like. Uh, what would be your preferred solution for the competition? So there were chats about uh, a Champions League model where there's four groups that are, you know, picked regionally because Australia is quite a large country. Uh, or there was two conferences and finals or just a, a full home and away for everyone. What do you think, what would be your favorite one and what's maybe the most perennial I guess. Yeah so this was something that um, in discussions with the AAFC when we're putting the proposal together it was a, a big topic of, of a big topic to discuss and um, yeah like you said Australia is a big country and there's a lot of empty space between major cities but m my idea and my thinking and I think most of the AAFC is to, to do a national competition. We've got an opportunity um, we're going to get this thing off the ground and we should just go for it, you know. Um, I understand the Champions League regional. We, we talked about the North and South. The AFC did some budgeting and um, did some, you know, different scenarios. But if you have the chance, implement it straight away. Don't, don't worry about, you know, spending time on regional and this and that and then discussing later how you break that down from regional to conferences and who's going to be in the in the main competition go for it now you know it's it's football is a huge huge um, sleeping giant in in Australia get it going but 
in saying all that, the main thing is financing, you know, and that, that seems to control most of the decisions these days and it's got to be viable because you don't want the AFs or the, you don't want the um, second division to get up and running and then, you know, for three, four or six teams to fall over. So that's got to be weighed one against the other, but our preferred model would be a national national competition where you just travel and play a home and away series to, um, over two rounds and that's it. You got players committed and traveling together and you create an actual, an actual high-performing Lille and, and right. strong competition. Yeah, that's it. That's it. Yeah, 100%. James Johnson said that the goal is eventually to make it a pyramid of football and have promotion relegation, A-League, so B-League or National Second Tier and then NPL. Um, how long do you think it is until that comes a viable option, until you can look at which yeah. NPL team can be integrated, and, or is it a case-by-case? Case For sure, Jeremy, there are, there are, um, there are uh, teams that have put in expressions of interest for the B-League who would go into the A-League tomorrow. They have the capacity to do it. Most of them probably don't have it, but the, th the thing here is um, the A-League is a competition where the clubs that are there now have invested a lot of money to compete into that competition. And they need to have some sort of security of tenure to be there as well. They don't want next year to say, OK, there's a promotion and relegation and you might get relegated, and, but you forked out $20 million, you know, to be in it. So I understand that there is a licensing agreement, I think, with, with the A-League clubs. And if there is going to be a promotion and relegation, it's going to be a, a little bit, a, a bit of a way off, I'm thinking... You know, there's maybe six, seven, or eight years before anything like that happens. So maybe promotion. If a club can go in and you can expand the competition, but rele relegation will be the uh, complicated conversation. Well, yeah, you, you'd promote. Yeah, you know, you can promote the winner. You can promote first and second, like they do in England. You know, um, yeah, there's an opportunity for that to happen if if it does take off. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, no, but yeah, relegation, as you say, with the uh, with the licensing agreement. Yeah. Will, will obviously be a, a more complicated um, issue. Well, it is, yeah, because it's big money, isn't it, really? And and um, there is there is an agreement, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 yeah and, and obviously those owners and those investors were told you'd be at the top of the competition for, I think yes. it was 10 or 15 years yeah, or something like that. So yeah. that, that, that kind of makes sense as well. Yes. You, your club, um, Canberra Croatia, is one of the two in the capital who have expressed the interest. And then we have the A-League team who's potentially coming at the end of next year. Uh, Michael Cajano working hard on it with, with his team. Uh, hopefully um, they do find financing and sponsoring and we can have an A-League team here as well. That's a huge push for high, high performance football in our capital, is, is this something you're excited about or, or nervous about if we go from zero to three in 12 months? Oh, I'm always excited, Jeremy, <laughs> always exciting, excited. Um, we've spoken with Michael. We've had a, a, a hookup and, and Michael, um, he agreed that he sees that the A-League and B-League um, coexisting together it would be a great thing. And uh, we agree with that sentiment as well. Um, like I said to you earlier, football is a big sleeping giant in the Australian sporting environment. And I think as a code, we've shot ourselves in the foot too many times um, So in the past. So any discussion that we have around football or promotion 
um, we should all grab it and encompass it and go forward and be excited about it, be positive and help drive it forward. Um, Football is the elephant in the room to the other sporting codes, you know, to the rugby unions, to the rugby leagues. Um, If we can get our house in order, and I think James Johnson and FA are are doing good things, um, with the implementation of the B League and the A League the way it is, um, and if that can get a little bit better, I think sky's the limit. We could go places that... um, they would never have dreamed of. We never dreamed of a B-League, you know, 10 years ago, and we're coming to that now that it's going to be implemented. implemented. So, so we're excited where, where it could go. We're excited to do it. We're happy to get in there and give it a go and see where it takes, takes us. Canberra is a market that feels untapped without any professional football and a, and a city and a market that is growing as well. How, how do you go about, you know, making new new fans or, f- or getting some faithful around. I mean, I'm here on weekends and I know that this crowd is already ready for uh, for yeah. football every every week yeah. and even readier when it'll be... What's what's that field of dreams? You build it and they will come sort of thing? Yeah, that's, and, and that's what I mentioned to you earlier when we're in the State League. Once we got into the State League, the people came out in droves and there's so many people in um, in Canberra, like we know with the A League when we had those bids earlier with Ivan, and and we had so many members, you know, signed up that would just willing for something to come along and and just to go and watch a high, you know, a higher standard of football. It's something that, yeah, I think that there's a big passion for it for it in Canberra. I got one more question for you. I kind of asked uh, Frank Casa that question on the f- on the other podcast, and I put him on the spot uh, a little bit. I'm sure it's something that you, you've uh, talked about as well internally. The, the team is called Canberra Croatia FC oh, uh, yep, yep. as a uh, as a French national yep. who's arrived in Australia not too long ago. Yeah. Uh, I've heard and 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 read about the history of clubs in in Australia. Um, would the club keep its name, basically, or would you go back to Canberra FC because it was called Canberra FC at some point? What, what are the thoughts about that? Yeah, look, we, we haven't had any discussions on that yet. Um, no thoughts at all. Um, if, if it does eventuate, the opportunity to, to, to play in the B-League, that's something that we'll go back to the club's board and have a discussion and, and see what is best, best for our football club and for our community um, and, and take their advice and, and implement that from there. Yeah, that's that, that's the way to do it. Yeah. Uh, Tony, any, anything in girls? The, the performance, the performances right now. You mentioned are working well. Uh, the Australia Cup. You guys just went through by beating one of our Panthers, who yes. was the the team of the capital who went through yes, uh, yes. last year. What's exciting for you besides the national national second tier in, in the next few months here in the NPL? Oh, look, the biggest excitement for me this year is. Um, is in our local competition is the youth coming through through our um, into our senior ranks. You know we've got 16 year old boys now um, full time training with our first grade squad um, in the preseason, full time playing, and now coming on and being part of of our first grade culture. And th- and this is for the girls side as well. You know we had a big clear out. Um, retirements and um, other girls not coming back and it's given an opportunity now for all these young girls to, to come up and I just love it when I go to a game and they have a huddle and they're all laughing and you know having a really good time and enjoying themselves you know and for me um, 
that's that's the thing that's exciting for me is watching these young guys. We've got, you know, our um, in our boys, our 16s and 18s, we've got some exceptional players there, you know. And I know in the next three years, some of those 18s will be in first grade and it's and they're talented players, really, really good players. So I can't wait for that to come along and for them to progress and, and the training they get and help them, you know, any way that we can to get to the, where they want to be. What can we wish Tony Vidovic and, and Canberra Croatia FC for uh, 2023-2024? Oh, number one would be a Fed Cup victory. <laughs> okay. And to take us... Two to, rounds away. Yeah, and to take <laughs> us through to the, um, to the Australian um, conference. That's, that's our number one goal at the beginning of the year. So hopefully uh, we've fallen short a few times. So that would be number one. And number, number two is... Um, Just, just great football. I want people to come out and watch, you know, our first grade boys and girls. Dean and Zoran are both the same. Dynamic, entertaining, attacking football, you know. Sometimes you win, sometimes you lose. But let's hope we have more wins and losses. But let's hope that, you know, it's done in, in a great style. Well, you can watch Canberra Croatia every weekend in the capital, of course, at Dickin Stadium. If you can't come to the stadium, just go to Bar TV Sport and, and watch them play on Saturday. They're hosting the Tiger FC here uh, at Canberra Croatia. It's going to be a cracking game. And on Sunday, it's Canberra Croatia against Beckham United in the women's NPL. Jeremy, they should come out to the game. Because come out to the game. A, a live experience is so much better, you know. And plus, you can get Kranskis and... Uh, And um, Chavapi rolls and things like that. So, yeah, come out to the game. It's going to be a beautiful weekend this weekend. So come out and enjoy. Yeah, I'll be, I'll be here for both games as a spectator for the men's game and as the commentator for the women's game. So I, I'm looking forward to it. Do come out to Dickin Stadium to, uh, to enjoy that. Tony, thank you so much for your time. No worries, Jeremy. Thank you. Thanks for this time on that podcast. And uh, yeah. well, I look forward to uh, seeing you every weekend uh, this season. Yeah, we will be. Yeah, for sure. Thank Thanks, you. Jeremy. Thanks again, Tony, for the time on this podcast. And thanks, everybody, who's listened to this second episode of Front Page Football in the Capital. A lot of information, of course, in that podcast. If you have any questions, again, don't hesitate. Find us on frontpagefootball.net. Find us on Twitter, on Facebook, on Instagram, everywhere where you see Front Page Football. Thank you again for listening. And the next episode of Front Page Football in the Capital will be next month. Ciao, ciao.